Welcome to The Dialogue, the podcast of the College of Arts and Sciences at Lehigh University. My name is Donald Hall, Dean of the College, and today we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, the value of the liberal arts in an undergraduate education. At a time when news headlines and online media stories proliferate concerning the need for more narrow vocational training for our students, I want to argue that the opposite is the case. Because as I travel and lecture around the globe, what becomes really apparent to me is that those economies that are less flexible and dynamic than ours are ones in which educators and politicians are beginning to clamor for a stronger base in the liberal arts compared to their old model of apprenticeship and highly specialized education. When I teach or lecture in China or Germany or Japan or France, what I hear from my university colleagues is that they and the public at large now envy an American model of liberal arts-based education at precisely the same moment that, strangely and illogically, we're considering abandoning it for one that's proven to be less successful at training creative thinkers, entrepreneurs, and intellectually nimble employees. Why in the world would we want to commit the same mistakes that, I've, that have mired other nations in prolonged recession and continuing reliance on copying others rather than creating and innovating, and that's led to a brain drain to the United States rather than the reverse? It simply makes no sense. And data supports this. A survey done by the American Association of Colleges and Universities on employer priorities for undergraduate learning outcomes confirmed what I'm arguing here today. 80% said that they want a broad base of knowledge in the liberal arts and sciences for new employees. 78% asked for knowledge about global issues and societies and cultures beyond the US. 82% wanted colleges and universities to place more emphasis on critical thinking and analytical reasoning skills, 80% more emphasis on written and oral communication skills, and 91% more emphasis on global problem solving in diverse settings. This is the power of a liberal arts background. It prepares one for a lifetime of learning and career development. It prepares one to be employed for a lifetime rather than leads one to be being rendered obsolete after a decade. Similarly, in a Harvard Business Review piece written by a CEO of an Australian business turnaround and transformation firm, and the piece was called Want Innovative Thinking, Hire from the Humanities, the author states, and here's some direct quotes, people trained in the humanities who study Shakespeare's poetry or Cezanne's paintings have learned to play with big concepts and to apply new ways of thinking to difficult problems that can't be analyzed in conventional ways. He continues, an understanding of history is indispensable if you want to understand the broader competitive arena in global markets. And he says that any great work of art, whether literary, philosophical, psychological, or visual, challenges a humanist to be curious, to ask open-ended questions, to see the big picture. This kind of thinking is just what you need if you are facing a murky future or dealing with tricky, incipient problems. Now, as we know, many prominent American politicians are arguing the opposite, that especially in public universities, students should not even be given the option 
to major in anthropology, philosophy, or religion studies because those fields have in their critics' perspectives no practical use, value, or benefit. The opposite is actually true. We do not need more narrowly trained technicians. We need more creative thinkers who see the world's problems as more than simply technical challenges. This is not to say that philosophers will solve all the world's crises. Far from it. A philosophy or art student will benefit as much from exposure to math, sciences, and business fields as students in technical fields will benefit from an exposure to art and literature. I have a PhD in English, but my ability to manage very successfully a $53 million budget for the College of Arts and Sciences is as much a product of the training I had in math and accounting as it was the analytical and communication skills I acquired through my humanities education. They have to go hand in hand. But I cannot and will not accept the, you know, the claim that I am a success only because I took two semesters of accounting classes as an undergraduate. I'll share with you a disturbing conversation I had not too long ago. I was visiting a sick parent and was having dinner at the bar of a hotel that I was staying at. This was in Birmingham, Alabama, where I grew up, and a lot of people were in town uh, and at that hotel in, in anticipation of the next day's football game. It was an Alabama something game. Anyway, I struck up a conversation with the man sitting next to me who revealed that he had received his BA from the University of Alabama, as I had actually three years after him. I asked him what he did, and he said he had a very successful large insurance company. I then went on just to ask what he'd majored in at the University of Alabama, and he actually said something totally worthless that has really no relationship to my success, political science. Well, I also happened to have a BA in political science from the same department, and then I went on to challenge him on what he said. How can he say that analyzing data, compiling it into 20-page research papers that were required at that time in every class we took in the department, arguing and defending his points, and then finding common ground with classmates in classroom discussions, how could he say that that had no relationship to his professional success? It had everything to do with my professional success later on in life as an administrator. Well, he actually blushed and said that he knew I was right, but that he had gotten so used to apologizing for what he had studied that he had finally given up completely on trying to defend it and had simply found it easier to join in the chorus of those saying that the liberal arts uh, are totally worthless. He even admitted that every year he sent quite a few thousands of dollars to the College of Arts and Sciences at Alabama because he was grateful for what they did, but that he never let anyone know he did it because he was embarrassed about that. You know, the whole thing makes me wonder why it is tragic. It is tragic that we have become so blind to the things that make us successful and creative that we jump on some bandwagon of condemnation of the liberal arts and it leads us to argue that we want to become more like the economically stagnant countries in Europe and East Asia that are not successful at innovation rather than celebrate what makes us great. It's no surprise, really, that two of the most revolutionary thinkers of the 20th century, Albert Einstein and Steve Jobs, were also individuals who loved music, art, and culture. They had a complexity of vision acquired through a deep exposure to the original thinking and creative expression that leads, in fact, to innovation. Jobs 
repeatedly attributed some of his most revolutionary innovations in designing the first generation of Apple computers to the influence of a calligraphy class he took at Reed College. The modern personal computer is partially the result of an immersion in Chinese character drawing. Similarly, Einstein studied and played violin. He had a deep love of German philosophy that influenced him throughout his life. These were not narrowly trained technicians. A liberal arts education provides the essential core training that students need in order to succeed in life, an ability to understand ambiguity, to reason with care and sensitivity, and to approach problems in all of their complexity. The arts and humanities in particular equip students for success. My own love of acting in amateur theater and playing in orchestra are two of the things I credit for my success to date. If you want to be a skilled public speaker, play Julius Caesar in a school production. If you want to learn to collaborate successfully, play the clarinet in an orchestra. If we in American higher education ever sell ourselves as the purveyors of technical training only, we will quickly lose our competitive edge to those who can provide that training, that narrow training, more quickly and cost efficiently. Plus, it does our students an enormous disservice. My liberal arts grads have the same stellar placement rates in year-on-year -year averages into jobs, graduate schools, medical schools, and other rewarding pursuits as their business and engineering peers, and many of them go on to make even more money over a lifetime. And what's special and extraordinary about a College of Arts and Sciences is its emphasis on innovation and creativity. In a recent interview on the Bloomberg Network, billionaire investor Mark Cuban predicted that the 21st century will be the century of the liberal arts, when automation will likely displace technical workers across our economy. Only those with a background in creativity and analysis will survive. His advice, major in English, philosophy, and the foreign languages. So as you might imagine, I could not agree more. So thank you for listening, and I hope you will become a regular listener to The Dialogue, the podcast of the College of Arts and Sciences at Lehigh University.